So now, finally, drum roll, please. We are about to discuss Nevoa. Okay, this is the moment you've been practicing for, waiting for. What? Peace theories and resistance, the cherry on top, the culmination of all of the. That's right. Okay. So, so the Nevoa. First, a definition of the Nevoa. Nevoa is a dveikus to Hashem, an extreme dveikus to Hashem. Where a person, when you know, molding to become one, whatever it is, um, therefore, is masig kvodo yisborach. He reaches, but reaches not the correct word. He he experiences uh, directly the honor of Hashem. Right? The, 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 he has a revelation of the honor of Hashem. And he... Really we? Um, we are Oz Dalad. So, Paragimel Oz Dalad. Chela Gimel, Paragimel Oz Dalad. Okay. Okay. Um, and the Ramchal says this beautiful conne- uh, explanation. He says, once you... Once uh, Navi experiences it, he never has any doubts about it because it's a perception. It's the same way if you see something with your eyes, right? Or you feel something. Like if I give you an apple, I say, here, here's that. And you feel the apple and you look at it and you, know, you like smell it. Like you know there's an apple. Like there's no way in the world anyone's going to tell you, hey, by the way, you know, like remember that time? That, that never happened. What are you talking about? That never happened. I, I held that apple in my hand. Right? I know that happened. Yeah. Not the Mandela effect. The what? Mandela effect. What's that? Where somebody's so sure that things were a certain way, but yet they come to find out that actually the reason why it's called Mandela effect is because Nelson Mandela, people think that he died uh, a long time ago, but he actually died fairly recently or something like that. Or the Berenstein Bears, or actually the Berenstein Bears. So this idea that something for sure happened, and everybody feels like they know it, that it's actually happened, but it's actually the opposite, or something totally different. Got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Not not like that. Yeah. Not that, but rather, if you hold an apple in your hand, right? You look at the apple, you hold the apple, you smell the apple, right? There's absolutely no possibility of being mistaken that this is not an apple. Okay. So this hasaga, although it's a spiritual hasaga, so when we are massing spiritual things, it's something that we don't know, right? But it's, it's when it's a full-blown hasaga, it's, it's an actual experience. Not a physical experience, but a spiritual experience, but he perceives it fully, right? So then there's absolutely no uh, mistaking it that's happening. Um that's one number two um, although the primary definition of Nevoah is Dveikus to Hashem but the there is a often accompanying secondary aspect of Nevoah which is what it's mostly known for right? which is knowledge of things that are beyond what a person can otherwise known. 
Yeah? Uh, notice we're saying that this is a secondary. The primary is the direct experience of the divine. We'll talk about exactly how that happens, what, but but experiencing the, 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 the honor of Hashem. On the person. And if you can think if you can think about it, if a person experienced that once in his life, right? All of life will never be the same. Right. Yeah? And the ideas that the person gains, who knows? I mean, maybe they will be useful, maybe they won't be useful, maybe they'll be partially useful. Right? That, but that's not the point. As we spoke about last time, um, the, the Nadim that we have in the Tanakh are a very, very small percentage of the Nadim that, that there were. I think more so that there were thousands and tons of thousands of Nadim over the years of Bais Rishon. There was a... Yeah, there were prophets around. Like, there, were, there were people, there were prophets, and you could go to them and you could speak to them and uh, and uh, get guidance, etc. This was, a, it was a, a way to communicate with Hashem. No? Um, but but but, they, but their prophecies weren't Lodore Doros. They weren't for all the generations. They were just whatever prophecy he had. So he was a unique prophet who had a certain prophecy that it, it, it was, you know, something that was meant to be for for all generations. So those that's the ones that are in Tanakh. But so again, so number one, the prophecy is primarily Dveikus and Hashem, right? And number two is uh, there is um, accompanied with it this knowledge. Now this knowledge is on a totally different level than Ruach HaKodesh. Right? The, um, obviously these are difficult things for us to relate to being that we've never had either. But like we said before, Ruach HaKodesh is just like knowing something with certainty and feeling like you got this from up high, right? Whereas, but it's, but it's, and even it could be about the future, but it's a regular type of knowledge. It's not, it's not a, it's not an experiential knowledge. Um, the, 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 how far the knowledge expands and spans and the quality of it is different. The best that I have is the Rambam, and more in the Buchim explains it, compares it to the difference between a person who who is in the dark, and one person um, you know, takes out a crystal that glows in the dark and illuminates the immediate little vicinity around him. Uh, another person, though. Uh, sees a flash of lightning right, illuminates the forest and everything for miles and miles right, he sees everything every detail of every tree of every leaf, boom like for that one moment it's light yeah? um, that's the difference between Ruch Kodesh and Nebuah, Ruch Kodesh gives the person insights Nebuah is, everything is pulled back, the, the veil is pulled back the person is completely aware fully 
of things that he couldn't possibly know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a specific uh, piece of information that Hashem revealed to you, right? I mean, so he, he, right? he points out, well, um, the, the, uh, the, the, the Ramchal says that there's different types of Nevoa as far as how far they span, what they accomplish, etc., um, which says, you know, like he always does, uh, you know, listen, there's different madrigos, right, and a different type of prophets. Some prophets did not see the divine chariot. Some people, some prophets did experience the divine chariot. Some experienced it in a general way. Some experienced it in a very or details. There's d- different madrigos. Divine chariot? It's a code word for how Hashem runs the world. Kisei Kavod sits upon the chariot. Is that code word then for something else? That's code word for like where Hashem operates? Or? What, the Merkava? The divine chariot? Kisei Kavod, if that's on top of it, Kisei Kavod like where Hashem is? That's so to speak the... Okay, let's... That's, uh, perhaps a little bit beyond okay. the scope over here. <laughs> okay, I mean, deeper, I, I, deeper and deeper. Down yeah, down no, down. I mean, we're learning about <clears throat> prophets and yeah. about prophecy school. This is not an actual prophecy school here, right? This is, we're this is uh, we're still working on uh, you know okay. on more basic things, but this is just one day. Okay, Okay. Um, I know how he gets on a waiting list to that. Answer is first, you um, finish half of Shaz Ba'iyun. Okay. Um, and the other half Ba'iyun. Okay, let's go. But the truth is that the Derech Hashem, knowing it very, very well, is a, is a nice Hagdama to a lot of these things. Because it really helps you ground everything. Otherwise, people can learn words and concepts. It's kind of similar to Yosef, you with, with your Mishnayas, right? Mm-hmm. Having invested good time into Mishnayas, right? When you're learning Gemara, you're not coming from nowhere. You're coming from a good basis, right? You know more or less, let's say, in the Sakta, you learn Zaka Sukkah. You know the Mishnayas. You know what makes sense and what would just be weird. Mm-hmm. So now when you're learning the Gemara, you're already... It's within the framework, right? so so the the Derech Hashem is like the Mishnayos to to all these things. Okay, fine. So that is um, that's Oz Dalad, Oz Hey. Okay, now uh, a little bit about the process of this Hasaga. So we're talking about being Masig, Kvodo Yisborach, Hashem's honor. Now, that's a very high level. Very, very, very high level. Is that what allows for the, for the like, that physical, knowing for sure, experiential experience? The, that connection? Or like, what is that, that connection, yeah. 
I mean, the question is, what are you connecting to? So the, the, the thing to understand is how high this is in the spiritual realms. You're talking about connecting to the divine. Is That's above, you have to leave the world of Asiya, go above the world of Yitzira, where the angels are, go above the world of Bria, and experiencing the world of the divine, the world of Atsilus. Leaving a physical body, so to speak? You're like in the Shama. The Shama would have to somehow connect with that, that, that type of transcontinental travel, you would need like a uh, teleportation device or something, right? That's not... So, says the Ramchal, the way that it works is, it works through intermediaries. Imagine, basically, something like looking through a telescope. Right, you have a big telescope. You have a telescope. Now, the way that they would make telescopes is many lenses in, lined up inside of a tube, basically, right? Um, now, so, I'm over here, I'm looking, and yet I see, like, up close, like, this massive thing, right? This is really a star that's, like, a thousand light years away, right? So, but these lenses bring it to me. So, so the Ramchal says that, number one, it is, uh, notice, that it's through these intermediaries, but... It is that thing. It is the covet of Hashem. It is that star that you're seeing. You're seeing an image of it. Right? It's not the actual star itself. You're not actually a thousand light years that way. Right? So You're the star. It, these are because it's going through Malachim? Is that what, what are these lines? That's, that's basically what? Something like that. Yeah. So, so, spheros, something. Um, so, they're called... That's the the the, the, uh, the I, I believe he's borrowing from the Ramak over here, who uses this analogy for for the divine spheres, for the for the holy for the for the spheros, the. That's what we were speaking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's going through a lot of different ones. It's going through. They have to pierce all the worlds, basically, right? And, and see and perceive the divine honor. Um, the that's different than Kochus, right? That's totally separate. The Kochus and the Dalim? Yeah. Um, so th- those are, though we did say those are spheros, those are spheros, She'enim Kedoshim, right? So, um, I'm not sure... Not sure if those are participating or not. I, I, honestly, I, I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to look into that. Um, but what happens also is that as the image moves through the lenses, right? So there are changes that happen to it. For example, it gets bigger as it moves through the lenses, right? Um, maybe some of the clarity changes. Some of the, it gets a little bit more fuzzy. The image, but. It's an image of that thing. It's not like a new thing that, like, somebody is like drawing you a picture of a cat all of a sudden, right? Like, it's still the same star that you're looking at, right? It's just that as it travels through the lenses, the image may get a little bit uh, either enlarged or 
slightly blurred or, 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 or whatever that may be, right? But you're seeing that thing itself. That's how the Ramchal explains this concept of, of Aspaklarios. Now he's going to say at the very end of this parak, of course, Moshe Rabbeinu was different. Moshe Rabbeinu um, looked through um, only one lens, and it was a perfect lens. So it's so to speak almost without any noticeable obstacle. We won't go into exactly what level that is, but the point is he was on a, such a high level that there's only one almost imperceptible layer separating between him and the divine honor so that it could be described as Aspaklaria Hameira, the perfectly illuminated, like a transparent lens, like a lens that, you know, like, a, like you'll say on your glasses, right? That you look at it and, it's, and it doesn't alter anything at all. Is that how Hashem would be with coming to Hashem's revelation? Praiseworthy is the man. Um, what will be you, you're asking? Mashiach, days of Mashiach, definitely not. But you, you want to know about all my boy? No, uh, even even here, like what it shouldn't be revealed to on the level of the way it was to Moshe Rabbeinu. No, no. no. There's a thing that becomes so obvious that but it's not it's not because they're able to see Hashem. It's just the the idea of what the purpose of life I mean, is. Prophecy. There will be there will be prophecy. Prophecy will return. Oh. Yeah. But not like Moshe Rabbeinu. Was a, that was a one. That was a one-time deal. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So that's. Um, so that is Os Hey, just giving us a muscle to try to understand how it is that it's working through intermediaries, and yet you're not talking about getting something else. You're, talking, you're still seeing the honor of Hashem. This is, you see this in in a number of places, right? That when a prophet receives prophecy, right? Um, I'll use an analogy that the Maral uses first, right? So the Maral points out that whenever you talk about people encountering even something as benign as an angel, relatively speaking, relatively to what we're talking about. people feel like they're going to die, right? The clearest example is when Shimshin's parents, Shimshin Agibor, before he's born, right? So his parents are visited by an angel. They thought there's a person speaking with them, tells them that his mother should begin keeping his years already while before the child has been born, right? And then when he disappears into nowhere, right? So then Shimshin's father, Manoach, realizes that he's been speaking to an angel, he says, like, we're going to die, right, because we've spoken to an angel. Now, not to say that they, I mean, they didn't think that, like, the angel was going to come at them with a sword or anything, but the point is the overwhelming experience of encountering an angel, the Maral compares to, um, you're talking about something physical being the presence of something spiritual. Yeah? What does that feel like? Well, it kind of feels like taking your hand and sticking it into a burning oven. Right? Hand is made of flesh and blood. F- 
fire is about as close thing, closest thing we know of to to spirituality, right? It is non a non physical entity, right? What happens when flesh and blood uh, is in the same place with energy? Is the flesh and blood can't exist in that space? Yeah. So that's why uh, a person uh, experience, encountering an angel um, feels like he's gonna die. Now, so how much more so over here uh, to the point that the physicality of a person's body almost cannot tolerate this. Person loses all faculty, um, falls over, can't do anything. Is the whole body feels like it's going to explode and all of his joints are going to get dislocated and like it's a very very overwhelming feeling uh, and basically just Hashem keeps him alive like he, he needs to be literally kept alive he can't breathe can't uh, do anything uh, unless uh, except for the spirit, the fact that he's connected up there so he's kind of being provided for so to speak uh, to stay alive in this state so it's a very uh, unmistakable type of experience now about so that's the vacuous part now about the secondary part um yeah, so, so in that, that you know, uh, Borch is pointing out that that, uh, that when Klausel heard the first of the two Dibrus, which they actually heard and understood, so uh, they, uh, their souls left their bodies and uh, they put back in. I don't know. I don't know if it's the same thing or not. I'm not sure. I mean, it could be that it's, uh, there was a soldier who couldn't resist or speak he wanted to go close to Hashem uh, I mean, we do know that that was a moment of national revelation of national prophecy where every person has prophecy so maybe maybe I wonder it's a good thing to look into I'm not sure okay as you can tell we're getting into complicated territory Okay, um, so like we said, prophecy has two parts to it, the dveikus in Hashem, that's what we just discussed right now, that's what happens to the person, as well as um, knowing things, right, things that are totally beyond the person, so the Rumkal here explains how does a person know these things, so basically by his mind becoming a vessel, right, for the root of intellect, so to speak. Um, so he perceives things not through the power of his own mind, but through what he receives from beyond. And that's the fundamental difference. In Ruch HaKodesh, is still limited by the processes of our thoughts. Whereas here, it is um, really coming from what can be, be, one is perceiving beyond what he can perceive. Right? Beyond what he can, what he can connect to. Um, that's really because it's what the thing that he's connected to is able to process. Um, 
Now, okay, but then, but then we have a little bit of a problem, right? Uh, this is a, like a really, really, really big thing that he's somehow experiencing, prophesying. But how is he supposed to grasp that and walk away with it and tomorrow have it, right? After he's had the prophecy, once the prophecy is gone, right? How is he supposed to remember anything? How is he supposed to understand anything? It was all in a totally different quality of knowledge. But if you... If it, if you're so sure of something, physically had it. But again, but 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 you don't have the faculties to relate to such a thing. It seems like it would just become part and parcel with your being at that point. The question is how? Now you know. But you don't know. You, you don't know it in, through your mind. You know it beyond. But once that's gone, there'd be no way to hold on to it. Ramchal says the way that you do it is through the Koach HaDimim we spoke about the, the, exactly, the power of imagination so the power of imagination is this unique faculty like we spoke about before in dreams etc right which allows a person to accept to receive something which is totally beyond and yet to make up for it some, something relatable like, like a mushroom right? a mushroom an analogy right so if there is some sort of a power, uh, you know, uh, uh, so then the the Koachadimian might conjure up a lion to represent that, right? Um, you know, if there is, if there is, that comes from you. The Koachadimian is yeah, is the, is the, is the prophet's own mind, yeah. And then, so imagine like the Koachadimian is the vehicle, and then this information that the person is being given, which is currently beyond him, is run through that, and now, and that generates the vision. Okay, so the person has this vision of, which is a physical representation of the totally abstract concept that he connected to. So that it's not necessarily even like what he saw when he was having a prophetic experience? It was not a eyesight vision. When a prophet is called a seer, it doesn't mean with his eyes. I mean, his eyes could be blindfolded and he would still have the vision. What is he? Remember, he's lost all faculties of his body, including sight. Mm-hmm. He's given now. Like what do you, what imagine do you again, like kind of like a dream. What? Download visual data. Process it in his imagination. Process it. Then you saw it through that. If you download data, then you process it. You see it. You see it directly. So whatever you can process. Like oh, maybe he's saying like a, like a nice marshal for us mm-hmm. is let's say uh, if someone showed you. The actual d- uh, file of a of like a, a DVD movie, right? They showed you the actual file, like opened up. Right. It would be just like a lot of zeros and ones and like weird letters and whatever, right? But when you run it through the necessary hardware, mm-hmm. it makes a um, Uncle Moishi movie, right? Okay. That sounds like that, that the rule is dependent on, on him, on the guy, on whatever his imagination is capable of, of 
That's right. The imagination is the vessel like that's receiving. It's like it's rendering the data. Right. So, okay. I guess if his power of imagination isn't so great, then you'd have a Again, hard time. Well, power of imagination. Power of imagination. Again, it's it's a matter of once you know. Maybe I guess that that's actually what we're going to see. That different prophets will have a different um, style, so to speak, of of um, imagination, right? Like their imagination is different one from one to the next, right? So you know, like if also if it were to be a prophet, probably things would like have a lot of like bubblegum flavor and like, you know, like really big smiles and things, right? If uh, if it would be Josh, it'd be like really tough, like commando style things. I don't know, just goofing around, right? Okay, so anyway, so um, so the point is that right so we're rendering the data right is that there's this information out there that is completely non-physical which to which the person cannot relate to whatsoever right and then when that is run through his imaginative faculties it generates visions which are physical and, and, and therefore can be related to now if we stop there we're gonna have a massive problem on our hands right because then we've got a vision right Meantime, the prophet himself um, was maybe partially unconscious or whatever. He had a vision. So, great. So now, you know, you think it means one thing, and I think it means the other thing. You think a lion means strength, I think it means kindness, and, uh, you know, that's it. So, just, so it won't mean anything anyway. So, the... Together with the vision comes the absolute understanding of the interpretation. I mean, it's his mind... That's cr- it's, it's, it's interesting. I wonder if we could come up with an, with more computer analogies for this. But it's his mind that is generating the analogy to deal with the data. So it, it understands the interpretation of the analogy of what the analogy stands for, of what the vision means. Even though every every prophet can can visualize it differently, they all still know. But each prophet knows exactly what his vision meant. Okay, and so therefore, um, this is obviously a drastic oversimplification. But we're getting around a massive philosophical problem. Right? It's a big problem. A man has a limited mind. Right, our minds can't even think like you know. The moment you start talking like quantum mechanics and all that stuff, like you're using analogies. You can't. You have. We we live in a normal world, normal concrete physical world where things are where they are, and like everything is normal. Like that, that's how our mind thinks. You can't think more than that. Yeah. So you you, you can't even relate to that. Yeah. We, we proposed in the past. Maybe that's like having to do with slightly higher worlds or whatever higher realms, right? So here you're talking about experiencing from such higher places that you have absolutely no ability whatsoever to grasp these things. So we're trying to figure out how can a human being grasp it. So we're saying, A, 
he's not the one grasping it. It's the root to which he's connected to that's, that's grasping this thing. Right? A. But then, okay, great. Good for the root. What's it going to do for him? B. Imagine the faculty. That knowledge now is being run through the imaginative faculty, generating visions. Okay, but then who says, you know, but then, you know, vision is very, you can interpret it one way or another way. So they, no. At the same time, there's being interpreted, there's being generated, it's also coming with the perfect understanding of that interpretation. He wouldn't anymore theoretically. But the only way he got the interpretation is through the vision. Now, the vision could be very useful because then probably you know, that, that the, if, he, if he writes it down let's say theoretically if he was commanded to write it down right mm-hmm. so then then that vision would be like the best analogy obviously for that and then, you know, as long as he explained to his students what it means and then we would have an oral tradition of that and then you know, we would look it up and those wonderful books over there right the Mithras Dolos uh, appreciate it uh, and we would see what the prophets meant, right? So that's um, that's what that's what uh, that allows for. Okay, so that um, okay, that is what Naramchal has to say on prophecy per se, in the abstract, in the ideal, before getting into learning about prophecy, all sorts of details, exceptions, etc. Um, and again, like we said earlier, he puts in here the important thing to remember. I'll read the last paragraph of the chapter, This is the prophecy for all the, for all the prophets, is what it entails. But there's many, many different details. There's a variety of levels of prophets, quality of prophecy, different types of prophecy, um, and and different prophets are higher levels than other prophets, and the highest of all, like the Torah says, is Moshe Rabbeinu, right, that there was never and will never be a prophet like Moshe. Okay? So we just finished Eric Gimel. Um, if there's any questions, we could take them now. Okay, fine. So, Eric Dalit. Hinei. Hanavi Kishiyagia Alamadregas Hanivua Bishlemus Yasigas Kol Hamagia Lo Basagabrura Ubiyadia Shlema Perish Kiaf Alpi Shelfiha Hadraga Shizaharnu Perika Kodem Yagdimulo Hadimyonos so we explain first he gets the vision and then afterwards he gets the interpretation to the vision. Right? 
וכפיה ג'וחם שזכרנו, הנה בהגיעו אל ביירור נבואסו, יסיק היוסו נביא באמס, פירוש היוסו מסקשר בו יסבורך, והיוסו יסבורך שמו מסגלו לו, ופועל בו כל אוסון הפעולות, he understand that this was prophecy, that this was Hashem that did it all. Yesig heyos hadim yonos asher nistarchubo. And he will understand the visions that he had. Demios nevuim nefalem mishifo yisborach shmo hashpo alaf. The hikava bol Yidiyas Ha'inyan Asher Yikava and it will be imprinted in him the idea that he was meant to receive and he will be left with no stakers, no questions about anything not about the prophecy not about what level of prophecy and not what comes out from it not what somehow is related to it okay so the point is absolute clarity of prophecy that Jimmy is like supposed to be like a total like a totally another level that's like that's that's able to bring down something that's so spiritual it's true I mean but just Chochma is something that's given to you Chochma is Masha Lamad Mirab is that what you receive from your Rebbe or from Hashem or from it's outside information Chochma Chochma Mi'ayin Timotsi Chochma where where can you find it from that's a simple understanding of the possible but the Hazal Darshan means Mi'ain from nowhere it comes Chochma Mi'ain Timotsi it comes from nowhere it means Chochma is a it's a meme it's a new thing that you didn't have before now you do yeah that has to be understood so to the Prophet he gets the vision and he gets the interpretation for the vision so the getting of the vision that would be like the Chochma and the interpretation to the vision that would be like the beam. It depends on the perspective. Means, yeah, so, uh, it's not the person's own Chochmah Bina because, like you're saying, it's coming from a higher place. But uh, but still, it's it's something that you receive from somebody else, and then the interpretation to that. Uh, maybe actually, maybe we'll stop here. We have one minute left. We'll stop here. On O's base of Paragdal. Any questions? Okay. Uh, we're about to be discussing uh, training, prophet training. Uh, please do not try prophecy at home if you have not learned this next paragraph.